And hello, dear listeners, to Many Stories, Many Games, the podcast where there is always where there is always another story to be told and another game to be played. I am Chris, and I am your game master for this session and for this one shot because we are not playing D and D today, and we are also not playing a social journaling tabletop game today. We are playing a Forge in the Dark game called Hello World, but and we'll get but soon enough we'll get there. With me today are my lovely players. Some of them you might recognize, some of them you might not. We'll start with the newcomers, Primus. Hello, I am Primus. Um, it's my first time joining this, so we'll just kind of play it by ear, see how things go. Nanad. Hi, I'm Nanad. It's also my first time joining this, so also going to see how it goes and hope we have some fun. And Brian. Hello. Hello out there, you beautiful listeners. I'm Brian, a member of Dungeons & Pop, and I like to say I'm the living embodiment of chaotic stupidity, and it's time for me to bring some of that over here. And our returning guest, Sean. Uh, hey everyone, it's Sean, producer in Dungeons & Pop, and like a shark, I'm always making references. <laughs> okay, now then, onwards to the game. <clears throat> Hello World is a game about a group of daring users, quote-unquote, human-like people with thoughts and feelings like you, building an immortal legacy in the networks of an uploaded society. There are heists, chase, intrigue, battles, and mysteries being covered about the code that sustains this world. And yes, the world is capitalized. We play to find out if the fledgling crew can enact real-world change and world amidst the threats of rival organizations, powerful artificial entities, the indifference of an amnesiac society, and the erosion of your user's own drifting consciousness. The setting. The game takes place in the digital utopia of world, quote-unquote. The world is post-scarcity, or scarcity, sorry, it's cited as triumph over basic material needs. Digital existence has removed the hurdles of resource limitations and distribution. Despite, or perhaps because of, this breakthrough, development of new technology has mostly frozen. Many of the objects and environments in the world would feel familiar to the imagination of our own, so long as you can picture a few innovations like flying personal vehicles, holographic projection, and instant travel through mass transit ports, then you'll find many other aspects of the world reminiscent of our own 21st century cities, crowded with diverse peoples and dense with information. The world is also immortal, a timeless place with an unclear past where users are never born and never die. Users are much content with a different kind of mortality, the tyranny of memory. Storage for one's own thought is a service that bears a price tag. Total memory storage is a zero-sum global limitation of worlds, as these resources are permanently fixed by the inaccessible hardware that powers the simulation. Users compete for the free memory that exists in the system, because the only kind of death that matters in this place is death of the ego, to drift away from yourself and scatter the puzzle pieces that form a self-aware identity. Even that is not permanent, but it remains a motivation at terrible power. To secure more personal memory space and sustain their sense of self, these users who have yet to slip into the atmospheral bits, into the into the atemporal abyss of amnesia via social cachet, political supremacy, or civil physical might. To excel is to become a god of this world. To fail is to forget and be forgotten. In addition to other users, the strange denizens of the world must also be handled. Scheming daemons looking to reclaim their privacy in the system, alien administrators who dispassionately oversee the sanctity of the world's existence, and the endless ranks of process who tire liberally on behalf of society. The players. Wait, hold on, let me double-check my to-do list. Game, setting, yeah, players, okay. <clears throat> Each player creates a character, one of the users of this world, and works with the other players to create the crew that their characters all belong to. 
Each player strives to bring their user to life as an interesting, daring digital citizen who reaches bravely beyond their current safety and means. The core responsibility of the players is to engage with the premise of the game, seeking out interesting opportunities and world, taking big risks, and sending their characters on bold adventures. The players work together with the Game Master, also called a GM, to establish the tone and style of the game by making judgment calls about the mechanics, dice, and consequences of actions. What's next on the to-do list? Characters. <clears throat> the users will attempt to develop their crew from an upstart independent outfit to a serious enterprise with an established legacy and reputation. They do this by taking jobs from clients, playing their own TV's missions, making alliances, and driving away their rivals. There are several character types, each representing a different type of user. So in other words, they, the, like, for, like Powered by the Apocalypse, Forge in the Dark 2 has playbooks. And in Hello World, the playbooks are Breakers, Guardians and Fighters, Capacitors, Unstable Forces of Change, Filters, Thieves and Infiltrators, Rollers, Fast-Talking Captains of Vehicles, Seekers, Trackers and Sharpshooters, Squawkers, Manipulators and Masterminds, and Wielders, Mystics Attuned to Illusion and Forgotten Memories. Now, the reason I didn't really give you any forewarning about um, PC creation beforehand was because A, this is Session Zero, and B, um, the type of character you might want to play might be determined by what I'm about to cover with you all next. <clears throat> the Crew. In addition to individual characters, you'll also be creating the crew that binds them together by choosing what type of enterprise your group is interested in exploring. The crew gets known sheets just like a player or character does. Black hats are the rogue operator are the rogue operatives looking to quietly profit within the margins. The council, advisors working for something bigger than themselves. The dynasty, who seeks to forge a new political community for its members. Revisionists, time manipulating revolutionaries who seek to alter the world's future. And moderators, but that's still in development, so we kind of skip that. The crew chosen will come with several signature types of action that you might do, but it is not meant to be restrictive. Crews exist to help focus the gameplay and unite the player characters in a shared endeavor. And then there's stuff about crew stuff, but we'll get there. Um, what's next on the to-do list? Uh, play veterans. Hold on a second while I mark off my to-do list to make sure I got it done. Okay. <clears throat> Where's Blade Veterans? Ah, here we go. If you played another Forge in the Dark game before Hello World, then most of the next section will be pretty close to second nature. Here is a short list of major differences. You are immortal. PCs and other main characters cannot die in the traditional sense, but they can forget and will change. When a character takes too much damage, their avatar de-resolves temporarily, but they will return. We play to find out who these characters are, who they once were, and who they will become. Player characters still retire from play after acquiring four drifts, i.e. trauma. See page 15 to 16 for more information about stress and drifting. There are nine instead of twelve basic actions in world. Page 12 describes the verbs that govern the life of users in world. Survey is gone, for, or those who know flees in the dark, so instead we use find, the players want to gather information. Um, well, you know what, let me just try this again. <clears throat> Let me take it from the top. Survey is gone. Use find if the players want to gather information by closely observing a situation. If there is hidden danger for the PCs to potentially miss nothing, noticing in the scene, simply tell them what's about to hit them and ask the players if they want to resist with computation in order to notice it in time. Use this trick sparingly. Much of the time is even better to tell the players what's going on up front and simply see what they'll do with the information. And then information works well in certain RPGs, but generally just shows, slows down the action here. Command is gone. In world, pain is mostly abstract and everyone who matters can't be killed. 
Therefore, people can't ordinarily be scared into doing what you want. For the exception to this rule, see the Breaker Playbook's Integrity Special Ability. Among users, the social structure of worlds are generally egalitarian, with a few decisions of power separating people. If a player is leading their friends, a gang, or allies into action, use the link function to determine how it goes. The ghost field is replaced. Rather than assuming, the users of world use the restore function to access their mundane magic, quote-unquote. This function connects to the archives, an ancient backup system that stores previous versions of world, and the access and information of its past. The archives is no less dangerous and mysterious, and within it dwell dormant hazards sealed long ago for the good of world. Uh, you can change the world. Disruption to the status quo is usually fleeting, at least until an authority function is executed. You can change the world. Disruption to the status quo is usually fleeting, at least until an authority function is executed. These cause permanent ripples in the physical and social fabric of the world. The rules for authority most closely resemble rituals from Blades in the Dark. The players will get a taste of authority during crew creation and can wield it again periodically throughout their story to chart the course of the world's future. See page 142 for more about authority as resolved in the game, and page 136 for how authority fits into world setting. Player characters handle gear differently. Since thoughts are just as tangible as physical objects in the world, users deal with their equipment by using a resource called memory, quote-unquote. This is described further on page 18. Players no longer pick a loadout at the start of scores, but can purchase extra memory slots when they level up to help them be more flexible. Because their playbook-specific special items don't cost any memory to equip, players will always have access to their signature items. Use consequence and bargains related to memory on the players. It's important to the world's flavor. Let's see... Uh, da -da 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 -da. Okay, that's settings. Let me double-check my to-do list. Okay. Now, again, as I said, I did not share PC creation information with you beforehand because, um... The type of crew you end up making could influence your characters, or the type of characters you're influencing could influence your crew. So, let me ask my four players this. What do you want to start with? The crew, or your players themselves? Hmm. I would want the crew, because that way we can... Yeah, let's crew first. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty, we're outvoted. Sorry, Primus. <laughs> It's fine. I I was thinking crew made more okay. sense anyway. Okay. Uh, let's start with this. What crew type do you guys want? Can you, can you repeat the crew types again? Sure. Because Hold on. Uh, lots of information. Yeah. Black hats. Rogue operatives looking to make a profit within the margins. Council. Advisors working for something bigger than themselves. Dynasty, who seeks to forge a new political community for its members. Revisionists, time-manipulating revolutionaries who seek to alter the world's future. And then there is another type called moderators, but that's not. Um, that's still in testing, I guess. I've always been more of a rogue, so I vote for black hats. I was thinking black hats as well, but... Yeah, black hats Okay. Uh, one second, well, I had... Yeah, I was thinking revisionists, but I'll go with black hats. Okay. <laughs> I'll put the band. Okay. One second. Okay. On roll, um, I just shared with you guys the Hello World Black Cats crew. Can you all see that sheet? Uh, yes. Okay, now I'm, curi now I'm curious. That? Can you all edit this? Each of you just put like a letter into name real quick. I want to see if you can all edit this. Wait, where did you share it at? Uh, click on, uh, on the upper left. There's like a little like note card. I don't see anything. I've got like 
So there, there should say be a bar on the left that says Crest World. Across oh, the left. Should... Sorry, I was looking on the right. Yeah, I can see it now. Let us go. Okay, and if what I'm looking at is correct, each of you has put a letter in. So yes, you all can edit the sheet as needed. Good. Okay. Back to um, page 101, I believe. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see it. <clears throat> okay, you guys have your sheet. Okay. Choose your starting asset. Each crew starts with unique assets to jumpstart their endeavors, like a crew of process lackeys or an upgraded headquarters. Check your chosen crew's description, starting on page 102, to see any choices you might need to make. This is an opportunity to visualize some details about the way your crew operates, their methods, and much techniques. Oh, here it is. Okay. <clears throat> your crew isn't looking to overthrow the systems of the world, but to surreptitiously profit from within their margins. The black hat siphon away thin slivers of authority and generally end it to cover up the act activities or achieve personal goals. You'll earn coin by selling the profitable secrets and treasures of other factions and the administration on the black market, and rent from pulling off during heights and infiltrations. When you play black hats, you earn XP when you execute a successful espionage, infiltration, sabotage, or theft. Do you provide a suite of services to a particular clientele, or are these talents employed just for your crew's direct benefit? Does your band leave behind an awful trail of calling cards that confound investigators and delay hands, or do you aim for deniable anonymity? Starting assets. Cohort. An expert. Name them and describe their specialty. Black hats often commission expert processes with skills related to infiltration or counter-espionage. A rank one plot of your choice, i.e. data broker, dead drop, informant, or spy master. Okay, so does one of you want, in particular want to create um, the cohort? So it was data master, spy master, informant... Uh, cohort, an expert. expert. Black hats often commission expert processes with skills related to infiltration or counter-espionage. So then, when do you want to design your cohort? What do you maybe? No, go ahead. Oh, I was just asking what you guys thought. Uh, I was going to say maybe like some sort of cleaner, somebody who actually cleans up after we enter, make sure there wasn't too many, comes in afterwards and make sure there's no traces of that we've been there. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. That, that makes sense. Make sense. Okay. Yep. Um. If you scroll down to the middle of the page, you'll see that there is a section called Process Cohorts. And there's your Expert Cohort section. So go ahead and fill that out then. Okay, um, what are, what are names like in the world? Well... What do people call themselves like? Black Hats also have, um, in the section I'm looking at now, there is Contact. So, um, oh, Evelyn, a timeline cleaner. Okay, I see. Oh. Or... <laughs> There's also names like Lassiter, Malworth, and M4, MM0, and N. They run the gamut. Scrub Master. Scrub Master 3000. <laughs> yes. No, no, DJ Scrub Master of 3000. That's their, their excuse for being places. They're a, a pop star. Yeah. Oh, They're looking God. for inspiration. <laughs> oh, I just put down Cleaner. <laughs> Okay. That says described in their edges and flaws. They're good at what they're doing, but by God, they're flashy. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking since they're a dangerous crab master, I'm seeing the image of this of a mop in like full on uh, with a mixing desk, in like full on flashy garb, but still like a mop, literal mop of care. Because I assume that all the people here look human. Because I'm just in the virtual world. That export is on top of one of those um those uh. Janitor carts. Oh yeah, easy transport. 
<laughs> I, I imagine he had. They have a. It, it shifts from either a janitor's cart or into a portable DJ setup. <laughs> so it's a multi. It's a multi-purpose setup. Ooh. And it says something about the edges and floors. Is that like a? Is that just a so I, or is that like, actually a mechanic? <clears throat> edges and floors. When you create a cohort, you also define some edges and flaws they have. A process gang will have either one or two edges and an equal number of flaws. A process expert will have either one edge and no flaws, or two edges and one flaw. Edges. Debug routines. The cohort can survive initial contact with the glitch and navigate chaotic or degraded environments. Designer avatars. The cohort is attractive or impressive to behold, enhancing their abilities to command attention and spread your renown. Multi-threaded. The cohort can be trusted to make good decisions and act on their own initiative in the absence of, of direct orders. Tenacious. The cohort cannot be deterred or restricted away from assigned tasks. I would say multi-threaded okay, for sure. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put that Got in for them. you. Because it's a bit of a mouthful. Just slightly in case we forget something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <clears throat> Plus, look where. The cohort has pre-installed obligations to another faction and will deliver information about your crew's actions to them. Who? Erratic. The, correct, the cohort occasionally exceeds the bounds of their orders due to poor judgment. Are they excessively violent, foolishly proud, or something else? Mandatory patches. The cohort isn't always available due to unusually frequent maintenance requirements, but aspect of them is faulty. Willful. The cohort has an ethic or value that would won't betray and make question orders. What do they believe in? Now, because they're expert, I don't believe you need to give them a flaw. But let me double check that. Uh, I was thinking... I was thinking maybe we could make him tenacious for an extra edge and give him the flaw of being yes, like but they're um, all, overactive. They're experts, so they don't need a flaw. You can give it to them if you want, but I feel okay. like you'll be handicapping yourself a little bit. Well, we could give him a second edge if we give him a flaw. This is true. Okay. I was thinking maybe he sometimes actually is too enthusiastic and actually ends up deleting stuff he shouldn't so, from the crime scene. Which, which what about that flaw again? <laughs> I would, I would say that would probably be erratic. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe we can make him tenacious. He's very determined. Okay. One second. Can't go together. I mean, if everybody else is okay with this, because obviously, yeah. any objections aren't mine. No, I like it. The idea that he's, he's super, he he does his business well. Just he does it too well. He leaves it so clean. People re. People wonder what's going on because there, there's an absolute absence of evidence and nothing going wrong. So the, so the thing yeah. with erratic is that they accidentally delete what they shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're one of those cleaners that just scrubs and scrubs and then the, the, there goes the paint off the car. Yeah. Okay. Uh... Okay, that's that cohort done. Uh, starting assets. Uh, a ring one plot of your choice. So, um, data broker, dead drop, instruments, or spy master. So, let me. Uh, let me see. Sorry, I'm looking for this right now. Oh, found it! Okay. <clears throat> Leverages and plots. It was for the agenda page. Let's scroll down. Whoops. The Black Hats rely on leverage to stake out influence in the world. Leverage, quote-unquote, represents a relationship. When you quote fire it, describe it, and make a note of a character represented by that leverage, either a known NPC or the team will tell you about a new one. Leverage makes it cheaper for your crew to build, both build authority and increase in tier, but it has an expiration date. 
that's represented by the countdown clocks on them. The GM may direct you to take leverage clocks as a function role, consequence, or after you lean on that NPC for an advantage. When the clock falls all the way, you lose that source of leverage but can reacquire it later. The block hats have cloths that give long-term bonuses, resources and techniques that represent the ways and means, quote-unquote, by which your crew goes about the pools. These are described in detail on the next page. It costs you 4 coins to attain a new plot, or 1 coin to gain leverage, which you can do after a score. Note that plots are definite- ugh. Note that plots are defensive liabilities in the sense that hostile factions can come after you and attempt to take them away. And okay. The uh ah, here it is, ring one. <clears throat> Data broker. You get two coin in payoff for scores that involve the hyzer infiltration. Dead drops, you get two coins in payoff for scores that involve espionage or sabotage. Informants, you get plus one die to gather information for a score. Spymaster, your expert cohorts have an additional plus one quality. Which one do you want? And please bear in mind that all four of these contain, um, questions like, um, what the, uh, the flaw did. So once you pick one, I'll let you know what that is. Personally, I'm leaning towards informants because they're the most versatile, but I'm open for other ideas. Informant sounds good to me. Which one was... Yeah, the informant. Yeah, informant. Okay. That goes further down in claim one, which I'll put in for you because I have the PDF and you guys don't. It's further down under claim, so you guys want to take a look at that. Okay. That's your starting stuff. Okay, now we will move on to step two. Choose a special ability. Take a look at the special abilities of your crew and choose one. If you can decide which one to pick, go with the first one on the list. It's important to pick a special ability that everyone is excited about. You get more special abilities in the future by earning XP. Scrolling up back on the black hats for special abilities. <clears throat> Criminal Minds. Each player character adds a plus one function rating to their choice of Echo, Go To, or Mask. Deep cover. When you keep a score completely quiet or make it look like an accident, you do not take the ordinary rep penalty, minus two, and also earn plus one crew XP. Damon Defense. Your crew has a trusted go-between with the demonic underworld. Once per downtime, you may spend plus one rep and take plus two heat to gain two coins. Flash Mob. Your character builds influence over process groupies who seek to intimidate you, to, who seek to imitate you. Blech. Once per score, you can employ their talents as a distraction. Treat your help as a free assist that also grants you a plus one bonus to your scale. Free hats. Your crew is semi-legit. Mark plus one to your crew's authority resistance, and you may treat up to three plus three factions standing with administrative factions as leverage. Unfortunately, your reputation is hurt by the uncertainty of your allegiances, and you have to suffer some dirty cash. Also take minus one rep and minus one coin on the all score payoffs. Hidden Lair. Your crew's home is a shifting maze with a sophisticated monitoring grid and reconnaissance analysis facilities. Whenever a faction other than the administration takes action against you, you have time to prepare. You may spend a coin to take plus one D to an engagement roll, up to once per score. Uh, honor Among Thieves. In payoff, if any member puts themselves on the line for the good of the crew during the score, they may each clear one stress. If a member declined to help an ally in peril or skip down the score entirely, the crew gains plus one rep. Synchronize. When you perform a group function, you may count multiple sixes from different roles as a critical success. Master Thieves. Select two of the following. Ancient port mapping, hidden passageways between servers. Spire rigging, plus one tool or gear choice per score cost in memory. Mastery, choose an attribute, blah blah blah. Mastery 2, choose a second attribute, blah blah blah. And veteran, choose a special ability from another crew. Hmm. I, I think deep cover makes sense for cleaner. 
Yeah, I was thinking of that. Yeah. Okay, hold on one second while I figure out where... Um, no, it's not contacts. Yeah, I've selected... I found it on the, somewhere just below... Oh, here it is. Webpack abilities to cover. Okay, yeah, you got it. Yay! Okay. Uh, scroll back to the beginning. Choose a reputation and a lair. Your crew has just gathered and found a home. Given this group of users and their histories, what initial reputation would you have in the world? Choose one from the list or create your own. <clears throat> you are next key when you bolster your crew's reputation, so think of this as another cue to indicate what sort of action you want to pursue. Are you caring for your protagonist, trusting your immortality, and provoking the serious factions? Are you trying to <sighs> are you trying to project professionalism and diplomacy to secure allies? Are you mysterious dowlers delving into strange partitions and the deep archives of world? Next to the server and district where your cruise lair is found, which I will go over here shortly, and your DM will write in your choice as one of the districts on the faction map. If your DM is using a starting crew scenario, which we are not, they will describe two choices of district from the prompt. If your special ability is starting assets having established a state of your lair, that is probably a very modest or abandoned sort of place. Choose one or create your own. Okay, so we start with uh, reputation. The list is carefree, daring, mysterious, professional, sinister, and subtle. I'd say with everything we pick, probably subtle or professional, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Which one do we want to go for? Because I assume we only be. Let's go with. Let's say okay. subtle. Ah. <laughs> you got it already. Okay, nice. Okay. <clears throat> now, here's a, some examples of the. Um, the the lair you guys can have <clears throat> The abandoned tower of a fallen noble house in Arcturus. The unassuming backrooms of a merchant shop in Cannabis. A condemned office complex overlooking a Twilight Park in Sirius. A dusty second floor flat by the docks in Argos. A disguised maintenance substation for a building. A dormant port terminal in an overgrown empty neighborhood. And now here's where I need to describe the, um, the districts of the world to you guys, so let me hunt that down real quick. Arcturus. Arcturus is a lightning-scoured silicon desert of extreme conditions, catering to the fantasies of a subset of users who view a harsh environment and harsher society as the ultimate challenge to conquer. De-resolution rates from violence and accidents are much higher here than the rest of the world, which is just the way some users like it. Arcturus's chief contribution to the economy of world... Canopus. Canopus is a tropical oceanic paradise that attracts users looking for a vibrant cultural nexus and upbeat community-focused society. The server's nexus is mostly built on the sturdy bones of the Amarat, a gargantuan moored vessel that once sailed these mirrored seas. As a cultural hub of the world, Canopus forges the trends and habits that other users will end up mimicking. Serious. And yes, I'm serious as the, the dog star, not the word, like, are you serious? <clears throat> serious is a benighted rainy city with literally no boundaries. The server is a sprawling ecumenopolis. It invites users to enjoy cosmetolan bustle and a hectic social environment, either to be the center of attention, to gain proximity to fame and fortune, or to use the city's anonymity in order to escape notice entirely. Argos. Argos was the old town of world servers. It is sometimes referred to as Old Arcadia, quote-unquote, in order to distinguish from Siri, the new city. Argos appealed to users who desired to feel of hand-wrought things or to fantasy of living in an early industrial city from a long-forgotten place before the world. Argos is undergoing an indefinite defragmentation cycle, and the administration does not answer questions about when it is scheduled to be back online. Known as Arcadians, those users who are forced to undergo the diaspora from Argos are now said to be observant to changes of fortune and poor omens, mysterious in their way of their presentation, and subtle in their dealings. Helios. <clears throat> 
Helios is the seat of the administration, and it is a perfect reflection of the values of the ruling clad. Violently anodyne, dazzling, massive, and oppressively impersonal. The public places of Helios do not appear to have been designed with the physical dimensions of users in mind. Bit, bit, bit. Okay, those are the districts. So here we have Helios, Argos, Sirius, Canopus, and Arcturus. So, where do you guys want to be based? Mm, I was thinking Sirius. What do you guys think? Yeah, Sirius would work. I was thinking maybe Helios because that's kind of where some of the best pain work would be. Yeah. So. That makes sense. I'm hearing one for Helios and one for Sirius. Brian, Sean? Oh, so I was saying Helios makes sense. Oh, like, it was okay. That's two for Helios then. Brian, I don't think I've heard from you. Um, Brian, you okay? Brian! Brian! I did believe you said each other because they slowed down one second left, dear listeners. And we're back. Sorry about that, listeners. Um, okay. So, Brian, what's your vote for again? I'm voting for Helios. I I can make that work. Oh, and Lair? Okay, now now what is your Lair like in Helios? Hmm. Like that's just me. I'm sorry, I can't hear you for that part. Uh, I said the maintenance substation kind of sounded interesting to me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like the maintenance substation. There. Okay, I'll put that in there for you guys. Hold on a second. Okay. Uh, number four. Find out who you owe. While your crew may be new, they haven't gone unnoticed. World is divided among larger, stronger factions. Even though your new area of influence may be small, it is still an intrusion on someone. Your GM will tell you which faction has claimed your area, and then you decide how to deal with them. Uh, option one, pay your respects. Give them one coin and their status as neutral. Get them handily with two coin and they become helpful to you. Plus one status. Or keep your money and accept that they will start interfering with you. Minus one status. As GM, your pick for this should be the tier two faction and the player's home district. Either from the starting scenario or else selected by you now and written onto the faction map. So in other words, I get to come up with that for you guys later, which I will throw at you. Number five, decide what authority you've okay. stolen. Your crew did something big to establish themselves. Something that could only be attempted with the forbidden power of authority. The source code of world. Choose one of the following three options to determine what power you tapped into. You altered a landscape, a group of process, or a local law of reality called format. Created a new passageway, a valuable resource, or your headquarters. Compile. Destroy a barrier, a bit of rival, a troublesome memory. Kill. On your crew playbook, fill in one dot for the corresponding authority function. If you're unsure what to do here, consider using this choice as a way to tell the story of how you acquired one of the starting out of the layer. So, which one? Format, compile, or kill? Mm. Compile sounds fun. But yeah. so does landscape. I was leaning towards compile. I think compile is good. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go to group and compile. Okay, hold on a second. Where's... Ah, authority. Oh, you already took care of it. You moved the compile up by one. Good job. You can move up by one more if you want to. We don't mind. <laughs> okay, there's faction data that I will give to you guys next time. <clears throat> Number six. Choose a favorite contact. Take a look at, at your list of potential contacts on the cruise sheet. Choose one contact who is a close friend. Longtime ally or partner in crime, the GM will tell you about the two factions that are impacted by your choice. Uh, one faction is also friendly with its contact and you get plus one status with them. One faction is unfriendly with its contact and you get minus one status with them. As an option, these relationships are especially extreme and you take plus two and minus two status respectively instead. Uh, there's more, but I think that's 
in regards to me. So your contact choices are, you have them also on the sheet. Um, <clears throat> Evelyn, a timeline cleaner. Fox, an, an anarchist. Lassiter, a currency speculator. Malworth, a data corruptor. And M4MM0N, demon mob boss. So which contact do you pick? I don't like the demon mob boss. Yeah, I keep looking at the demon. Yeah. Okay. Don't go wrong with that one. <laughs> okay. Number seven is GM Cleanup, which I have to do myself. Okay. <clears throat> then onwards to character creation. <laughs> Sorry if this is boring, guys. No, it's interesting. interesting. <clears throat> the end users. World is a gilded cage, purpose made to contain you. A flickering utopia, clouding your senses and judgment, pulling you down into a passive eternity of mindless consumption. The administration is here to take care of everything, you've been told. This bargain of comfortable immortality was struck by a version of yourself that you no longer remember. And the prison chase of you now, with disgrace and over yet, in fact, you're just getting started writing it. The player characters in Hello World are daring citizens of the world. An ancient heavenly construct suspended in simulation. Users are familiar with all the talents represented by the functions of the game. They're all able to crash in a brawl, mask themselves to sneak about, restore objects from the archives, link up with contacts for information, and so on. Because of the way the die system works, every user can roll at least two, D for, two die for any action in the game, plus one die from pushing or a demon's bargain, and a plus one die from a, from a teammate. A roll of two die is pretty good statistically, a 75% chance of its success. That means that all the zero rating functions of your character sheet don't represent deficiencies of gaps of skill. They indicate the actions for which your character is likely to burn stress and rely on teamwork. With friends like your side and stress to burn, you can attempt almost anything. Of course, you'll also have your specializations and skills, the qualities that make your character uniquely effective. You might want the ability to compel obedience from demons and solve your labels from the landscape of archives. Maybe you want to manipulate the social network and society to your advantage and see the danger before it strikes. And maybe you just want to be the most powerful warrior to ever sling a giant sword over their back. In this chapter, you'll learn how to create your own unique user and choose the abilities that suit the style of play you prefer. Step one, choose a playbook. <clears throat> Breaker. Breakers are good at winning fights and protecting their allies. Play a breaker if you want to be the toughest customer in the room. Capacitor. Capacitors are good at creating havoc and molting the environment. Play a capacitor if you want to reshape the world and then unleash dangerous foes. Hold on a second while I make sure, okay. <clears throat> Filter. Filters are good at being stealthy and infiltrating secure areas. Play a filter if you want to get the job done while staying off the radar. Roller. Rollers are good at piloting vehicles and increasing the wheels of society. Play a roller if you want to ride fast and talk faster. Seeker. Seekers are good at tracking a mark and taking it down from afar. Play a seeker if you want to choose your battles or be a lone gunslinger. Squawker. Squawkers are good at social situations and shifting the debate. Play a squawker if you want to be the center of attention. Wielders. Wielders are good at handling demons and keeping secrets. Play a wielder if you want to meddle with the simulation and explore world mysteries. When you choose a playbook, you're mostly selecting a set of special abilities, which Give your character methods to break the rules in various ways, a list of specialists load up here that your character might choose to have, and a set of XP triggers which determine how you earn experience for character advancement. Yes, character advancement and credit advancement are two separate things. That said, the playbacks can flex in many different ways. Think your playbook has an area of focus and preference, but not a unique skill set. Your user may start with the initial function rates and special abilities in their playbook, but you're not defining their true or immutable nature. They will grow and change over time, so they become a part of the fun of the playing game. Playbook choice could essentially represent how other users see you. The name of the playbooks are slang and world. If someone's a little repellent by having them, people might say they are a breaker. If you are a social butterfly and a true manipulator, they might be called a squawker. Okay, so, uh, uh, well, because of the new recording, I guess I'm starting with Brian. What playbook should I give you? Oh, the, the wielder speaks to me. Wield? 
wielder. Okay. Uh, yep, the, um, the wielder. Might be a bit oh unfair, yes. But um, no doubling up. Sorry. <laughs> now give me one second. And I'll give you your wielder place, deep brain. Oh, you already yes. have it somehow. <laughs> I was looking. I've been looking at it this entire time. Okay, <laughs> we'll handle oh. um everything else once I've dealt with everyone else. Okay, going next down the list, uh, Primus. I will. I will, I, I want to be the roller. Ooh. One second, while well, I give you your roller sheet. It's your player. Do you have your roller sheet now? Yep. Okay. Next on the list, the nod. I would like to be the capacitor. Okay. One second, while well, I give you your capacitor sheet. It's your player. The nod. Oh, and before I get too far and forget, a big thank you to um, Charles Simon, I believe his name is, or Umbral Aeronaut on Twitter, who graciously shared these de- these reasons with me for playing this game on roll. Okay. And last but and last but not least, Sean. Um I am thinking let me see one I was thinking let me look at the sheets quickly again. One sorry one second. Uh I'll go with a seeker. Okay. Give me one second I'll give you your seeker sheet. Give to player Sean. Okay, you'll have your sheets now. <clears throat> Step two, choose a special ability. This used to be one of the last tasks, but everyone always does it right away anyway, so it gets moved up to here. Your character gets one starting special ability, so choose it now. If you can decide what to pick, triggering with the first one in your playbook's list is placed there as a good default choice. Uh, Hold on one second. Now we have to go through the abilities with all of you. Um, We start with Brian, who picked um, Wielder. I, I mean, I like the, the Shadow Conductor, but for my special ability, I have to go with my heart, which is Command Script. <laughs> Doken Doken does things a certain way. I'm he's lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I'm gonna summon a lesser demon to do what I tell it to do. It's like, all right, go do that. <laughs> okay, go ahead and select your ability then. Yay! I, I just love it. I can summon. I can call forth a nearby lesser demon. Oh, I'm looking at the wrong sheet. Go away. <laughs> Okay. Um. Let's see. Primus. I think there's only one one choice here, and that has to be dynamic entry. Ooh. Why do you read dynamic entry after us? You may take two stress at any time to do one of the following: crash into an ongoing scene, ignore all barriers, and name an exit and get the hell out of here right now. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I'm just like that makes way too much sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> They're not. Okay, I know there's just so many of them. I should really like to. I'm kind of tempted to take conduit. Why don't you read out what conduit does for us? Your average. It's basically average can contact mass amounts of computation energy. You will trigger a torty function without spend the normal co- without spending anything. However, when you do so, you must resolve at the end of the scene. Sounds like um... fun. Although it takes me out of the score, so I'm not sure about that one. No, it only does it at the end of the score, which is a bit iffy for me. True. Well, I'm thinking that one is the board or twisting. The board is your allegiance to mysterious cabal. They transmit their parological desires to you by dreamlike liminal messages. Add commune to recalls. In addition, XP trigger. Your advanced and agenda that was revealed to you were commune. I do like that one. Yeah. But ultimately, it is your choice. So, which one? Yeah, or I think, yeah, I think I'll take the okay. board. And Sean. 
I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just, I, I got a name for my character already, and I know what I'm going with for special ability, because I'm going with Deadeye, and my character is called Snipe R. With a dead. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, it it's okay. Better. My 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 name's not not much. We'll better. be getting to that soon enough. But for now, step three: choose a loadout. Your loadout items are powerful signature pieces of kit mm. that your characters carries with them at all times, and they help you do the things your playbook is good at. You don't have access to all of them right away, though. You can fill in four boxes worth of selections from that list. Pick things that fit your character's concept or just seem fun. If an item has two link boxes in front of it, for example, the plus armor choice of each playbook, then it's either unwieldy or hard to acquire, and you need to fill both boxes to have access to it. These specialty kit items are usually more specialized or more powerful versions of the generic gear that every user has access to. They also do not require that you spend memory to equip them at a score on like the generic gear list. Your user just have them whenever they need them. So pick your kit. Bit, bit, bit. Okay, number four, choose a heritage. Now that you know a little bit what makes your user special and the tools of their trade, it's time to dig into the, who they really are. Your user's heritage describes where in the world they hail from and may include a detail about their attitude or origins. Because personal identities are so mutable and everyone's long-term memories are more than a little bit hazy, it's impossible to prove lineages and relations for the people of world. The only families are found ones. Even so, archetypes of personality are occasionally ascribed to the genesis of the various servers and districts of the world. Whether your user embraces, rejects, or ignores the assumptions others will make of them based on their origin is up to you. For more details about these people and places, see page XX. When you choose a heritage, circle it on the list of your playbook, then write a detail if anyone comes to mind. If not, that's cool too. It might be fun to discover and play, for if the user comes to recover memories related to their past, the surface of the world are outlined below in descending order of relative population. The Sidereal are the most numerous of all users, and hail from the urbanized commercial nexus of Sirius. I probably should have read this too instead of that server nonsense. They are regarded as well-connected and observant, but dispassionate in their dealings. Adaptions for the numerous squall of the big city, Sidereal avatars tend towards one of two extremes, either anonymous and concealed, or elegant and eye-catching. Users from the Oceanic Paradise of Canopus are called Loomer, and are considered adventurous, friendly, and eclectic owing to the server's ear-faring origins and status as the trendy cultural hub of the world. Loomer are characterized in the media as having fashionable or creative avatars, an expectation that, that exhausts some of them. Jovians, hailing from the storm-blasted demons of Arcturus, are hardy by necessity and typically protect and typically possess practical or powerful-looking avatars. They are often generalized as independent, industrious, and confident people. Though the upper caste of barons who Direct Arcturus' industrial outfit are regarded as the vicious, paranoid schemers. Arcadians, who were once inhabitants of the surface Argos, which was placed under an administrative ban countless cycles ago. The Diaspora, the scattered Arcadians, and while they have found new homes among the other servers, the fading culture of Argos is something kept closely by a sizable number who don't want them to see the old ways lost. One common Arcadian tradition is, keep, is the keeping of uncomfortable memories most users would throw away. It is that this grounds you closer to a time before users could freely select their identities at will. Arcadians sometimes have buggy or old-fashioned avatars, callbacks to the L-Town, quote-unquote, vibe of Argos. There are very few solar in world according to the census data. Helios is home to the administration and shaped in the forbidden monolithic image of the angelic keepers of world's architecture. <coughs> Users in Helios are typically high-ranking members of the moderators or inner cabinets of the administration, and these solar tend to be regarded as self-important and stuffy compared to others. A reflection of the popular view on the administration itself. Solar avatars have a tendency toward the ostentatious and the abstract. Okay, so again, this is me homebrewing. No more than two of a. There can only be one Helios if you guys pick Helios, but you there can be two Canopus only or two Sidereal. So I'm limiting you guys like that. Okay, if that makes any sense. Um, we'll start with Ian uh, again. 
Which one was the tropical yes. location? Was that the lunar? Oceanic paradise, that kind of. Okay. And I'm going lunar. Primus. Um. I'll go Sidriel. Okay. Uh. Nanad. I think I'll go with Arcadians. And Sean. Uh, what what's the Jovian again? Jovians hailing from the storm-blasted dunes of Arcturus. Our party by necessity and typically possess practical or powerful-looking avatars. They are often generalized as independent, industrious, and competent people, though the upper caste of barons who direct Arcturus Industrial Alpha are regarded as vicious, paranoid schemers. Yeah, I'll, go, I'll go with Jovian. Okay, and there's... Okay, step five. Choose your history. Your character's history describes what happened to them before they joined the crew. A new user beginning a campaign of Hello World is fresh off the staff, meaning they have just recently been reinitialized and are seeing the world through fresh eyes. Choose one of the general background origins from your list on your playbook, then write a detailed build about it that's specific to your character. For example, you could choose Resolution and then write Neural Plus Minor Retired. Or perhaps you are an amnesiac, pursuing clues to your past based on a photographic memento you discovered among your possessions. The questions for each history choice are prompts to stir in the imagination. You can use them or ignore them. Uh. Hold on one second. So each playlist should have a background section, I think. Hold on. Do you guys see those or no? I don't. Uh, let's see. Oh, there it is. Towards the top. History, yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to go through this with each of you one by one. Hold on one second. Let me double check to make sure that um the playbook. Okay, no. So then those were the list of histories. Okay. <clears throat> Amnesiac. Your identity was corrupted by exposure to the glitch, which is a supermassive corruption virus sort of thing. Or maybe you data lock your memories and toss the key off for reasons known only to your past self. Accident. You were debased by an act of foul play after you got too close to the bracket of someone's pull. A hostile affection or an influential user or daemon. Conduct. There aren't a lot of laws to worry about in the world, but you managed to break several of them anyway. The administration had you sent it to dirt to derogatory processing on a stack, and you subsequently fulfilled the terms of your rehabilitation back into the world. Disrupted. You were derezzed during a violent scuffle with other users. Damon loan sharks or a gang of process working on behalf of an enemy. Resolution. You said you had to make a serious change of some kind, discarding a major aspect of your past life. The stack was a way for you to set completely new parameters in your life. Vacation. Taking the museum as deck for a while was a choice you made to cool off the heat on you. Or because World of Stuff had suddenly gotten to be too much. So, which one do you guys pick? And we'll start with Ryan again. I'm going okay. with Amnesiac. Amnesi amnesiac. I locked away my memories <clears throat> from myself. Hold on. Here, much like everything else, here's the attack stuff. Who on your friends list might have a clue about your past? Did you acquire your loadout items before or after your last recollection? If before, are there any unusual details or accessories among them that provide insight to your prior life? Write this down in your character sheet, H, because this is a private thing, and I'll get to it, and I'll look it over later. All okay, right. that's Brian. Prince. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, what were the other other options? My brain had a uh, Amnesiac, Accident, Convict, Disrupted, Resolution, Vacation. Hmm. I think convict sounds fun. Okay, and here's the italics. <clears throat> Did you steal property, break avatars, fake identities, or something else? What promises to the probation community did you make to gain your freedom? Again, write this down because it's a private thing, and I will get to it when I get to it. Okay, the nod. After listening, I'm thinking vacation. 
<clears throat> Here's the italics. A lot has changed since you've been gone. What do you miss most about the iteration you left behind? What's surprising to develop it, now utterly normal to everyone else, how is you most excited? Again, write that down in private, and that will be a thing for me too. Okay. Yes. Sorry. Okay, and Sean. I'm thinking, you said one of them was disrupted, I think. Yes, disrupted. <clears throat> was somebody at your side when you fell a friend slash rival from your list, another player character, did you have unfinished business? So are you going with disrupted? Yeah. Okay, again, keep the italic thing private and I will get to it when I get to it. Okay. <clears throat> Number six, assign three function dots. Your playbook begins with two function dots already placed. You get to add three more dots so that you'll have five total. At the start of the game, no function reading may have more than two dots, unless a special ability tells you otherwise. Loop descriptions of all the functions are on page XX. If you're looking for guidance, try summing your three dots like this. Put one dot in any function that you feel reflects your character's heritage. Put one dot in any action that you feel reflects your character's history. And assign one more dot anywhere that you want. Max rating is two, remember? Um, we'll keep this private because this isn't exactly good radio, so go ahead and do as you please. Okay. I don't know what... Number seven. Which one was this here? Uh -huh. Sorry. This is their function dots. Uh, hold on one second. Let me... Navigate Sean's page. This is. Hmm. Function. Oh, function and attributes, I believe. Okay. And how many do we pick? Or how do we do it again? Sorry. Uh, your sheet should already have two dots placed, and you get to place three more wherever you will. Okay. Okay, three dots, and it picks three dots, and it's on. It's under. It's the dots under like the the title for location, okay. resolution, uh, and so okay. forth. I believe okay. yes. Okay, got it. Okay. <clears throat> Number seven. She's one friend and one rival. Each public has a list of NPCs that your character knows. Choose one from the list who is in a close relation, a good friend, lover, former cohort, etc. Mark the upward pointing triangle next to their name. Then choose another NPC on the list who is your rival or enemy. Mark the downward pointing triangle next to their name. Uh, there's italic stuff here, but again, uh, I'm going to say go ahead and um, we'll keep this private and it'll come up much like a, the other italic stuff when it comes up. Uh, where is it? One friend or one enemy? Uh, I'm looking at Sean's sheet. It's right there at the bottom. Friends and rivals. Okay. And what, what, what do we add to it? Sorry. Uh. Hmm, hold on one second. Um, just put just... rival or a friend next to it in their name, like in parentheses. Okay. If you can. Can you edit that? No, you can yeah. put in a number, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, you can, if, no. You, if you click on it, you can pick it. 
you can type it in if you just gotta you gotta click to the to the left of it the where you put the number. Yeah, I think you can just put in a number, dog. So I'm putting minus one for the robber and plus one for the friend. Okay. <clears throat> and now we go to number eight. Choose your recall. Your identity is shaped by the memories you have chosen to hold on to. These memories might be yours or acquired from others. Manufactured memories are an entire industry and world. You might dote on old dreams or be chasing new, quote-unquote, designer memory facts. Many users in the world are enthralled to a treasure memory which is their refuge from dealing with stress. Choose your user's favorite recall on the list and describe it on the line above with specific details. Your signature memory could even combine characteristics. For example, you might choose lucid and better, then write fighting for a lost friend, but no matter what I try, my last punch never lands. Your user can get to this favorite memory when they indulge memories in downtime to recover stress, or you might visit memory purveyor instead. The options are bitter, never forget what they did, never forget what happened. Calm, a time before all this, one world seen to move slower. Deep, a dream adrift, a memory buried beneath perception. Helpless, nobody should ever have, ever have to feel how you felt. Joyous, a sensation of serene happiness, now long distance. Lucid, what do you keep trying to change with the memory? <clears throat> Nightmare, keep your phobias close, lest they conspire against you in darkness. Weird. You cannot even begin to explain the things that you've seen. And you can even combine these again, remember. I just came up with uh, a really one. You should... We'll start. You know what? If that's the case, we'll start. We'll go in reverse order this time. We'll give poor Primus a break. Well, Primus and Sean and Brian a break. Sean. Okay. <laughs> okay, I picked weird. I saw something crazy happen to myself from another's eye. What's up with that? Okay. Uh, Nanad. I'm kind of tempted to go for combining the two of Joyous and Nightmare. Uh, I was present when Arcadia started to get derezzed and I found it strangely alluring. Okay. Uh, Primus. Uh, I went with Bitter and seeing my rival walk off with my lover. Okay. Ryan. Okay, did we? Are we not doing doubling up for this one as well? You can't. Oh no, anything fine? goes. Okay, I went for a weird nightmare. This is why I sealed my night. This is why I sealed my memories. Okay. <laughs> and step nine: record your name and look. Choose a name for your character from the sample list, or create your own. If your character uses an alias or a nickname, you might record it. Alternately, you might have a designator, or i.e., a last name, which dates back to the world's origin. Record a few evocative words that describe your user's look. Sample says provided below. And users get, to, users get to define their own personal characteristics within certain parameters. You have to fit bipedal human-like standards, but the sky is basically the limit after that. When you echo or mask, you might temporarily amplify, alter, or conceal your visual signature outside the baseline. Um, so, sample names are Adam, Alpha, Alice, Amp, Apex, Axiom, Babylon, Baroness, Ball, Bios, Black, Robo, and there's more onto that. And designators are <clears throat> Aldick, Armitage, Booker, Ambridge, Cook, Clark, Crowley, Denton, Dick, Dyson, Guyman, Gibson, Harper, and so forth. Looks. Tall and Olympian, sleek and strong, bald, luminous hair, heroic hair, hair like falling starlight, hair like rising flames, fleshy skin, opal skin, ashen skin, shade skin, onyx skin, raven skin, translucent, fantasy armor, angular ruffles, avant-garde, pastel bodysuit, 
glowing stripes. Practical tech wear, formal gown, fancy makeup, elaborate jewelry, masked, helmeted, hooded. Anonymous, extravagant, high fidelity, low resolution, glitch scarred, sharded, glowing, shadowed, energized, whimsical, surprise me. And that's it. So they'll get to their things, I'll get to mine. And uh, we'll start the episode with our heist. Thanks for tuning in, listeners, to our Nero. I hope you enjoy this, and we'll see you. See you later. Bye. 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 Many stories, many games is a tabletop variety show. Hello World is a Forged in the Dark hack created by Charles Simon. You can find him on Twitter at Umbral Aeronaut. Our music comes from Monument Studios and was paid for personal usage. Our podcast is powered by Anchor. Thanks for listening. Yep. <laughs> That's why I wanted to do this. I like being the getaway driver. Ma. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Just keep making me even lazier.